How would it impact you if you heard that a law was passed in our country that you couldn't pray for 30 days? Doesn't sound so far-fetched, does it? Well, in Daniel chapter 6, the famous lion's den, that's exactly what happened. And Daniel took a stand on his knees. I pray that the Lord will help strengthen us when we face our lion's dens. We'll learn more about that struggle with faith and honoring God today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get to today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, those Jews, you know, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but he keeps making his petition three times a day. He's still praying to another God, the God of the Jews, besides you. James Boyce, who's since gone to be with the Lord in heaven, said, if we practice our religion on the reservation... And do not attempt to bring it out to the real world. The world will tolerate us. But if we determine to take a stand on any important issue on the basis of genuine religious principle, the fury of our secular society will break all bounds. Watch the culture get ferocious, to use the image of Daniel in the lion's den, when you take a public stand on the Bible. But see, this is what's going on in our culture right now. They don't mind it if we're cloistered behind these walls and we're speaking biblical truth. But go out into the public square, go out into the college setting and say, this is what the Bible teaches. Look out. Well, that's what Daniel did. He kept the windows open. They caught him praying and they told the king. And as soon as the king heard the statement, verse 14, this statement, he was deeply distressed And he set his mind on delivering Daniel. And even till sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Recognize, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may be changed. It can't be avoided. You sign the document. They knew he was scurrying around because he had regret. He was about to make Daniel the key leader over the entire kingdom under him, his right-hand man. And he realized that he had been used. You ever been there before? You ever had somebody manipulate you and sneak through a side door or a back door and all of a sudden a document is signed and all of a sudden now you're on the hook and you have great regret because you realize that this is going to not only cost you, it's going to cost people that you love. Well, the king was stuck and he did everything he could, but he knew that he couldn't revoke the law because he had signed it. He knew he had been manipulated, but there's nothing he could do. And so he gave orders, almost similar to Pontius Pilate. And Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, and uh, the way my understanding of the lion's den is they would have a, 
like an open hole at the top and they would have different places for the lions and they could open like a door and the lions could be led into a certain chamber underneath the ground. So Daniel's dropped into the den. The lions are probably in another den and they're being held there for the moment. And here's what the king said. The king said to Daniel, your God whom you constantly serve will himself deliver you. And I don't know if that's a question. The NIV says, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. I couldn't save you. I'm sorry, Daniel. But this God that you serve all the time, may he be your deliverer. I can't save you. I pray he can. And you know what? He can. And he's already shown it several times in the book of Daniel that he can come into fiery furnaces and he can bring deliverance. But did the king really believe? I'm not sure he did because we're going to see that he is not able to sleep that night. But into the den he goes with well wishes from the king. Hebrews 11.33 says, By faith, people of faith in the great hall of faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18, but the Lord, when no one supported me, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and bring me safely home into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Paul said, I was delivered from the lion's mouth, probably some sort of mortal danger. So notice, as we think about the typology, as I mentioned earlier, a stone was brought, 17, laid over the mouth of the den, and the king, <coughs> excuse me, sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing might be changed in regard to Daniel. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. And I don't have to really tell you the connection, do I? Because Jesus was put in a tomb and a stone was rolled over the tomb. And we're told in Matthew 27 that a seal was put on the tomb. And when they put a seal on the tomb, it was kind of stretched with rope and it had like a signet impression. And if you broke the seal, you were breaking the authority of the legal government of the time, whether it be Rome or the Medo-Persian Empire. It was like a, an extra warning. So the tomb was sealed, and it would seem that Daniel's fate was sealed just as it would seem that Jesus' fate was sealed. Just like Jonah in the belly of the great sea monster, Daniel in the lion's den, and Jesus in the tomb, we can see that it seemed like the fate was sealed. The royal seal was put there. No unauthorized person could break the seal or touch it. And Daniel was there. The king went off to his palace, 18. He spent the night fasting. No entertainment was brought before him. Uh, no late night shows, nothing like that. And his sleep fled from him. Did he really believe that Daniel's God would deliver him? Couldn't sleep that night. Sleep fled from him. And he spent the night fasting. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't you spend every night fasting? <laughs> Do you know that's why they call it breakfast? It's a combination of breaking a fast. That's what breakfast is. By the way, 
Breakfast may not be the most important meal of the day, but all people who sell breakfast foods and cereals believe it is. <laughs> That's the commercials that they play for us, right? Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. If you eat that sugary Captain Crunch, it's the breakfast. If you have that Pop-Tart, how can you get that gooey fruitfulness into you? How many of you have uh, heard Brian Regan? He was reading the comedian. He was reading uh, instructions on the Pop-Tart uh, packaging. And he said, uh, literally, this is what it says. You can toast it for like a couple of minutes, or you can put a Pop-Tart in the microwave for three seconds. And he said, look, if you only have three seconds to spare to put the microwave, uh, the Pop-Tart in the microwave in the morning, you may want to loosen up your schedule. Just a, a word from Brian Regan. Anyway, I got to get out of here. I only have three seconds. <laughs> That's pretty much me because I'm late to pretty much everything. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, coach. So the king couldn't sleep. Was Daniel sleeping? I think he was purring like a kitten. Because we know the story, right? The king should have been the one that was sleeping, but he had to fast. I'm not going to have any strawberries and cream tonight. Don't feed me any grapes and turn off the late night show. <laughs> so terrible for the king, right? He couldn't sleep. Daniel was sleeping between some lions. He had some lion slippers on him. Kitties were purring and all that stuff. Well, the, the king arose with the dawn at the break of day. We know that when the women went to the tomb, Matthew 28, 1, they went at the beginning, as it began to dawn, at the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. Well, at the first light of dawn, that was Matthew 28, 1, by the way, uh, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Now, the king's 62. It looks like he's dashing over there, right? He wants to see what's happened. Couldn't wait for the light of day. And when he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a loud voice. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. Probably, you know, they rolled away the stone. Has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Are we going to hear anything? Or are we just going to hear a, a growl from a satisfied lion? But Daniel spoke to the king and said, Oh, king, live forever. The king had to be going, yeah. Now, if I was in the lion's den all night and that king threw me in, I wouldn't say, Oh, king, live forever. I'd say, Oh, king, it's your turn. <laughs> right? What a gracious individual Daniel is. Man, he survived the night in a den of hungry lions. And by the way, they would starve the lions so they'd make quick work of you. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him. And also toward you, O king, I've committed no crime. It could only be the power of God that can control the instincts of a desperately hungry lion and keep him from his prey. Can you imagine Daniel being down there? Daniel was a man of prayer. But when they open the chute door and the lions are coming in, oh, Lord, real <laughs> yeah. 
That was a little Scooby-Doo for you anyway. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, what do you know about the occult? In the month of October, the number one theme is Halloween. Houses are decorated and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holidays trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Yeah, that was a little Scooby-Doo for you anyway. But he was delivered. And you know, his three friends were delivered from the fiery furnace earlier. And there was a fourth one that came into the fire and he was shining. And he was described even by the pagan leader as one who looked like the son of the gods. There are many scholars that believe the angel of the Lord, the angel of Yahweh, no less than Jesus Christ, before the manger, before Bethlehem, was in the fiery furnace and in the lion's den because if you take your stand, Jesus Christ will enter the fire or the den with you. And they, the, the three young Hebrew males said, King, we believe he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not bowing to your statue. And I think Daniel had the same mindset. I don't know if God will deliver me. I sure hope so. That would be my prayer. But even if he doesn't, and we know that some Christians died dealing with the lions, died in the arena. The same bright and glorious being that was seen in the form of the Son of God, says Matthew Henry, with the three uh, youths in the fiery furnace had visited Daniel, and it is likely in a visible appearance had enlightened the dark den and kept Daniel company all night. He shut the lion's mouths that they had uh, not in the least heard him. The lion of the tribe of Judah entered the lion's den, and his roar is more ferocious than their roar. Do you believe it? Hail, hail to the lion of Judah. How wonderful he is. Into the tomb, you could say, of Daniel came the Son of God, prefiguring his own death and resurrection. The lion would rise from the dead, and he knows our fears and he knows our struggles. Daniel was found innocent, and you and I are found innocent by the blood of that great lion and lamb, Jesus Christ. One writer says, a picture and type of things to come, the rescue of Daniel from the lion's den was often used in early church frescoes and catacombs, which are the underground cemeteries uh, near Rome, Italy, to illustrate the resurrection from the dead. Uh, He says, expositors in the Christian tradition have felt 
that the details of the stone laid upon the mouth of the den, sealed with the king's signet, verse 17, followed by Daniel's deliverance, made this one of the great incidents in the Old Testament, foreshadowing of the resurrection of Jesus himself. And they were painted in the catacombs, these depictions to encourage Christians who were facing their own death, that they would rise again in Jesus. So the king was very pleased, 23. He gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den, a picture of the resurrection. They may have take, taken him up with ropes. I don't know exactly how they took him up from the pit, but you and I are going to be taken up from the pit in Jesus. And so Daniel was taken up out of the den, and I meant up from the grave. We're going to rise. No injury, whatever, was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will what? He will make your path straight. The Lord is our deliverer, and he has delivered Daniel, and he has delivered me and you, and he will yet deliver us. Amen? From the lions of death, he's defanged death. The devil has no more ability to destroy us in that way because death has been defanged. Death uh, dies in the resurrection, praise God. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death itself. And so the king gave orders, 24, as we wrap up, and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel. And all God's people said, rup, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and they cast them, this is brutal, their children and their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. I don't know how many of the governmental leaders went into the lion's den that day, but there were 120 satraps. And I don't know if just the malicious ones of the group were thrown in there, but in the ancient world, this is the truth and it's brutal, but this is what would happen if you wronged the leader of a nation like this or manipulated him. Uh, just as Haman in the book of Esther was hung on the very gallows he had intended for Mordecai, so these uh, governmental leaders died in the same lion's den they had planned for Daniel. God is a just judge, and one day he's going to judge those who have persecuted his church unless they repent. Warren Wearsby comments, Daniel has a message for God's people today who are being attacked by the enemy and suffering because of their righteous stand for the Lord. Whether we face a fiery furnace or a roaring lion, we are in the Lord's care. He will work out his divine purposes for his glory. And then Darius the king wrote to all peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land. And he said, may your peace abound. And very much like Nebuchadnezzar at the end of chapter, I think it's four, three or four, <coughs> said these words. I make, make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. How many people did Daniel potentially save just by his faithfulness, his faithful witness? Doesn't he sound like a Christian now? And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. God's sovereignty is one of the major themes of the book of Daniel. His dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues. You may want to mark that. He performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And so this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian 
The NIV margin says Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, that is the reign of Cyrus the Persian NIV margin. So that uh, may make the case that it was Cyrus. But I want to leave you with this last verse to apply to ourselves as New Covenant Christians. Here's what it says. Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Father, thank you so much for the book of Daniel and thank you for the precious saints who have come out tonight to study this great chapter. The lessons here are profound. An extraordinary man, a man in whom the spirit of the living God dwelt, a man who was serious about his faith, a man who took stands very early in his life <clears throat> and was found faithful to the very end. Lord, that's what we want to say. We want to say that we have been consistent and we've been found faithful to the end. And Lord, we know we all have our weaknesses and shortcomings and we've probably failed when we wanted to take stronger stands in certain contexts. But may we dare to be a Daniel tonight. May you help us to be strong, to trust in you, to not fear man, but to fear God, to put your kingdom and its priorities first, to know that even if we end up in a spot that we didn't expect, you have the power to deliver. And often our consistent witness is a bridge to faith in other people, whether that's at home or at school or in the company or wherever it may be. And so, Lord, help us to dare to be a Daniel. Challenge us tonight with our prayer lives. Let us be like this man who communed with heaven, and that's why he was able to stand on the earth. Make us strong and give us hope. And as this, all, all this picture emerges of the resurrection, it reminds us that um, death will not have a final say for us because the lion and the lamb has overcome. If you keep your head and heart bowed, if you've not met Jesus, maybe you've been living in fear. You've been living in fear of death, fear of persecution, fear of so many things. Maybe fear has been, maybe you're a Christian, but fear has just been a gigantic factor for you. And we can all say that we're, we're afraid. It's a normal human emotion. But the Lord can give you courage to conquer fears. Sometimes he'll allow you to go through some, some circumstances that are beyond you. So you learn to lean on him. If you're a non-Christian tonight, you need to pray a prayer of asking Jesus to be your deliverer. Just something like this, Jesus, I believe you came to die on that cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for living my life without you. But I, I repent of my sin and I place my trust in you. In your death and your resurrection, in who you are and who you want to make me. So Lord, change me from the inside out. I want to be born again of your spirit. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. He'll deliver you. If you're a believer tonight and maybe you've been overwhelmed by fear or maybe you've just been far away from God and you just want to come back to a place of intimacy and fellowship and dependence and reliance and love. Man, he's right here. He says, if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So right now in these final moments of this service, 
I just want to encourage you to draw near to him and the promises he will draw near to you. You can take that to the bank. And Father, for all the needs that are unspoken tonight, all the needs that may be um, deep in the hearts of your people, the prayer requests that they may have, I know you're going to minister to their needs tonight as they spend some time with you. So I just pray that you'd minister, pour out your spirit, pour out your goodness, pour out your mercy, pour out strength and perseverance to your people. Just help us to, bear, de, to dare to be a Daniel in our own lives, in our own families, in our own marriages, in wherever you place us. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen. We want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Well, here we find ourselves in the fall, quickly moving towards Halloween or All Hallows Evening. We have a special offer for you. It's called Dark Dangers of the Occult. In this series, we expose the occult for what it is and shine the light and power of Christ upon it. What is the occult, you might ask? Well, it really comes from that which is occluded, hidden, secret, mysterious, esoteric, behind the veil. And for the Christian, something that's forbidden. Some people have opened the door to the occult and opened their lives to very dark and sinister things. But there's hope, hope in the gospel of Christ and hope for those who have opened that door when they come to Jesus Christ. If you want to find out more about this product, reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH, or check out the website, walkintruth.com. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.